0: Hello and welcome back to Go Native the business of native plants. My name is Mitzi Sosa and I am your host. I'm so happy to be back with another episode and today we're going to be talking to Tom Heitzman. He is the owner of Sweet Bay Nursery which started in 1995. He graduated from Ohio State University with a degree in horticulture and he has a wealth of knowledge and experience about the culture and landscape use of native plants. Tom is past president of the Florida Native Plant Society, past co-president of FANN, and past president of Manatee County Audubon and the current treasurer of our Native Plant Horticulture Foundation. He is co-owner with his partner, Richard. Richard is a bridge engineer who loves plants, especially natives and has a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from the University of Florida and a Master of Science in Structural Engineering from the University of Texas. Together they grow and sell native plants to wholesale and retail customers and provide distinctive native landscape design services to their community. Tom is an award-winning landscape designer and Florida naturalist that has been experimenting with alternative uses of native plants and promoting their uses, including container gardens. We are so happy to have Tom with us today so we can hear about his journey and learn some insider tips. Okay. So we're going to get started with, you know, everyone's favorite question. (laughs) What brought you to the industry and how did you get started?
1: Well, the first thing was just the desire to have a a nursery, which I've had since I've been in the landscape business since uh, 1979 in Florida, so all aspects, maintenance, landscaping, um, mowing, pruning mostly, so uh, um, I've been involved all different facets of it, but I always wanted to do a nursery and um, I found a nice piece of property that uh, lent itself well to being able to establish one and um, Wanted to do native plants because i had always I'd been a, I've been a member of the native plant society for a long time, Florida native plant society. So I felt it would be a good fit. And uh, doing the native plants, I felt there were so many other nurseries doing the traditional plants, um, you know, that we see everywhere. Um, and I wanted to do something a little different, you know. And I felt there was a better niche for native plants because there were so many traditional nurseries that are growing the same thing. Um, I felt by creating a growing something different, it would be more um, advantageous. And it's turned out to be very true.
0: And how did you get started in the landscaping business?
1: I did uh, landscaping, traditional landscaping for um, some landscape companies, primarily one, uh, Blazers Nursery, which was a um, an older established nursery in Sarasota. Um, so I worked for a landscape contractor for about eight years. And then I Started my own business doing um, pruning, just uh, landscape maintenance. Um, and then um, it just segued into, uh, like I said, I wanted to have a nursery. So I still, we still did some landscaping when I first started the nursery. But um, after a while, um, we eliminated that part of the nursery and just went full time growing um, wholesale. And then we transitioned into more of a retail nursery which is where we're at right now
0: it's interesting that you started as a wholesale nursery what made you decide that
1: um there again just the uh, logistics of it not having to deal with the consume the uh the retail aspect of it which i always liked, but it just seemed to be an easier fit to get started by just dealing with um Uh, landscape contractors in in the wholesale end of it and I was more in tune with that being in the landscaping business knowing different nurseries I just wanted I felt that was the way to start just doing wholesale to begin with but as the uh, over the years as the um, demand for natives has increased and homeowners you know demanding um, more native plants and that the availability was not there because there weren't that many native nurseries. Um, we just started transitioning more into doing more retail.
0: So is that something that you would recommend to everyone to start wholesale and get the feel of that and then go to retail or to just skip over wholesale completely and start with retail?
1: Um, not necessarily. I don't know to follow my lead that way, but I think it, I think they should consider the type of clientele they want to deal with, whether it be uh um, wholesale which would be landscapers uh, and uh, other nurseries in a sense or if they're willing you know to deal with the uh, retail end of it which is dealing with your your homeowners and questions and a lot of people coming in and just buying one or two plants maybe versus wholesale orders, which they call in they pretty much know what they want right off the bat so I think you it's really more the personality of the um, individual um, and whether they would want to go you know, who they want to deal with ultimately. So they're quite different. You know, I mean, you're wholesale, you're dealing with, uh, like I said, landscape contractors. Um, usually, typically, they, they have a list of plants. They pretty much know what they want. They call the order in, you pull it, you have it ready for them. They come in, you load it, and they're out the door. Whereas your retail aspect, a lot of times, especially with native plants, a lot of people aren't as familiar with our plant palette, maybe. Especially newcomers to Florida, they're willing to learn, but um, there is that learning curve with them, and you do have to spend some time um, with them, holding their hand a little bit. They don't—they're not sure what they want. They know they want native plants. They know they want plants to attract birds and pollinators, um, but they're not sure which ones those are. So it's—it's it's definitely more. Um, a lot of it's more educational, which I feel is—you know—I I like educating the public, you know, to the use of native plants. So it's a good fit for me.
0: Right. And education can be fun. I had some time to look at your website, sweetbaynursery.com, and was able to see that you have a tab on why grow native plants. And you're using really that website to its full potential to even offer some education, even, at you know, right at the beginning in your website. Is there other helpful tools that you find yourself working with to provide that information?
1: Yeah, that and, you know, of course, Facebook. Couple of the girls in the office. Leah and Cindy both do a really good job on our Facebook post and that's puts out a lot of information on different plants and topics for native plants. So, oh,
0: very nice. Yeah, marketing is a whole other skill, whole other animal to tackle. But before we go there, I'd like to ask you: What are some of the things that you wish you would have known before you started your own nursery?
1: Probably the biggest thing is some propagation issues as far as uh, greenhouse. Structures and um, you know what it takes to really have a good good mist system. Say a good greenhouse setup. That probably more than anything, just your 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 uh, water quality issues. Um, I think is is the biggest thing. Um, it's not so much the quantity of water, but that has to do with it also. Especially in these days of how fast floors expanding and water, I think will be an issue in the future. But more water quality, salts in your water. Uh, the alkalinity of your water, uh, the type of mist system you have for propagation, whether um, how it's set up and everything—you know, the structure. There's all different types of greenhouse structures. I think that was probably the biggest thing. I wish I would have had been more up up on that. You know, as far as it would have helped a lot. Of, I think those those things get worked out over time, but it would have been a lot easier to know more about that going in, or be more. Um, I guess that was more the philosophy where I wanted to you know do it myself but in hindsight i think um there's a lot of uh, other nurserymen that are very willing to share their um, experiences and i think that's a good resource for people starting nursery is to talk to other nursery owners kind of like what you're doing with this but to understand some of the uh the pitfalls or um uh, things that you know need to be, be have more attention like that and i i think kind of tried to do it all myself in a sense and i think i wish i would have in hindsight looked back and and um, reached out to more of my peers and got more information from them a good resource
0: sometimes lessons just have to be learned the hard way to sink in but yeah there are a lot of details that we're learning even just from listening to your story I want to ask you about Richard, your partner, and how he got into this business. So basically, his story.
1: Well, uh, Richard, uh, my partner, husband is um, was a bridge engineer, and he he got tired of it, but he, he signed on. Let's so so we started the nursery in '95, and uh, Richard uh, joined in um, uh, 2015, I believe. So we were we were pretty well up and running, but we were getting to the point where we needed. Um, some additional help and he was tired of his career designing bridges and you know it was good timing so we really needed somebody to to kind of help take um, take up some of the, the slack because we were we were getting much busier the demand was going you know increasing so it was good timing and he wanted to try something different and he, he has a love for plants too so it was a very good fit so he quit his bridge engineering corporate job and Came on board with the nursery, so it's helped quite a bit.
0: That could have been quite a life change. How did he find that? You know, the career change.
1: I think he's very he was very happy with it. Definitely <laughs> very happy. You know, and he brings a different different level. He's we call him our IT IT guy because he's <laughs> he's good with the uh, the computers and um, spreadsheets and things. The technical part of the office dealings, uh, numbers number crunching, and all that. Whereas <laughs> Um, you know, I bring more of the horticultural knowledge and plant knowledge, you know, not that he doesn't know his plants and he's very good at that and has learned a lot and always learning. Um, there's always something to learn, but he brings another aspect to the business, you know, which everybody's need, you know, the, I guess when I started, you know, it, it was just because I wanted to grow plants, you know, but, you know, there's a whole another side to a business. Um, when you start hiring an employee, you know, your payroll taxes, uh, workers' comp insurance, liability insurance uh everything that goes along with with all that so there's, there's a lot to it than just growing plants so. and so it's running a business you know cash flow um accounts receivable accounts payable everything that goes along with that so i mean somebody needs to be well-versed or have a partner like like which has helped me to have you know, somebody that knows a different side of the business, you know, so it's not all on one person's shoulder.
0: It sounds like you guys make quite a good pair and definitely have led a very successful nursery. Is there anything that's still, even with all of that help, is very hard or one of the hardest things one has to work with when owning a native nursery?
1: Huh. Um, keep Keeping the plants consumer ready that's a good term for it so consumer marketable it's funny most even people you know they understand the concept of uh bugs and (laughs) and uh, caterpillars on native plants but they still demand a really nice looking plant so you know keeping the plants looking looking good you know plants are a, a perishable product and if you think A perishable product like tomatoes or whatever, if they don't sell quickly and look really nice, you know, they're not going to be sold and need to be trashed. So uh, plants, container-grown plants the same way, they're perishable products and they need to be trimmed and if not sold, trimmed and watered and fertilized and keep pests off them because if pests eat eat them up too much, it can be problematic also. So keeping the plants um, marketable is probably one of the biggest things we work on. Uh, that and you know weeds a weedy nursery looks really messy so I'm kind of a weed fanatic so you don't see too many weeds here at the nursery um, because that can really detract from the overall appearance of the nursery so so and that kind of goes in tune with keeping the plants you know in a marketable marketable position so
2: and I know we talked about some of you know the hard things (laughs) the scary things of owning a nursery but what are some of the rewarding things that, you know, get you up every morning?
1: <laughs> uh, just being outside primarily. I can never be an office person, but um, being out where you can, you know, enjoy um, all the different things we see every day. Um, butterflies, um, wasps, bees, um, snakes, Um <laughs> Birds, lots of birds, Um, just being outside, you know, you get a ride of that. And that's rewarding. And then I think um, seeing more native plants, to me, has been rewarding. To see more native plants being put into people's yards and the demand um, that is um, increasing all the time. And getting these plants into people's yards and knowing that we're uh, getting more, replacing a lot of what is being lost through development, which is inevitable. I mean, there's a housing shortage nationwide right now They can't build the houses fast enough, so obviously they're going to be building more houses, so um, it becomes more important all the time that um, each yard becomes a little uh, native or a wildlife habitat, you know, and that starts by putting native plants, and that's what we really try to promote, you know, one yard at a time, and so it's very fulfilling to see all these plants going out there, knowing that you know, the people are getting in the yard and the responses that we get, you know, that people do see more wildlife after these they put native plants in their yard. You know, we hear it all the time from our customers, so, so that's very rewarding. And uh um just, you know, we we employ um six full time employees right now and a couple part time and um I feel good about that. It's rewarding to give having people employed, you know, it's like kind of fun to do that. So Um, giving people jobs and um, keeping them employed right through our pandemic and everything. So that's been good.
0: And that's the thing about owning a business. You have to be ready for everything.
1: Well, yeah. um, Pandemic, weather, you know, freezes, um, wind, wind's a big factor. You know, you get plants that blow over and then they don't get watered. Um, You get breakage. Um, we have raccoons that like to eat our Simpson stopper berries sometimes and they'll, they'll climb up in and break the branches after you've been growing a tree for three years and they'll snap the branches and almost make it, um, unsellable. So that can be a problem. Uh, so, you know, there are definitely challenges, you know, water, water issues that clog up, broken sprinkler lines, you know, at the worst possible moment, you know, valves, the sprinkler heads that get clogged up and no one notices it if they're not checked regularly. Um, you know, those are, those are challenges that need to be addressed regularly. So um, uh, deliveries, you know, covering plants, keeping plants in stock, especially now with retail, as the demand goes up, you know, they i uh, trying to keep the shelves full in a sense. So uh, just like in a grocery store, I go back to that c- uh, scenario comparison, you know, I mean, uh, you go in and see an empty shelf in the store, like when the pandemic started, you know, it's like, wow, what's going on? Where's there's nothing there, you know, you don't want to come back. So you want to go to a store that has a a fully stocked shelf. So we try to keep up as much as we can, but with the demand going up and, um, you know, you can only grow things so fast. So supply and demand. We need more growers.
2: (laughs) There we go. And that's, that's really what we're trying to do here. Push more people to join this business. What are some opportunities that you see for future generations of native plant nursery owners?
1: I think it's definitely is, uh, there's great opportunity for retail and wholesale. There's as the demand increases, we're seeing a lot more smaller retail nurseries springing up. So they're obviously promoting the the thing that the consumer wants native plants. Um, I'm finding that the supply of certain plants um, that are being used more, milkweed especially, um, some of the viburnums um, are harder to find, and it's because there's only, there's not enough growers growing them. So if there were, which means that there's definitely room for to grow certain species of native plants that would be easier to sell, because the demand is definitely there. And I don't think just because it's spring. I mean, I think that spring is always our busiest season. I think across the board for any nursery, But um, I think. Um, throughout the year, I think the demand is going to be there for certain types of plants. Pawpaw, um, some of the plants that are in demand that are just not available. I think There's a lot of room for um, a nursery to start up, a wholesale nursery or a retail nursery throughout the state.
2: And over the years,
0: we've also seen huge advances in technology and have you seen like some of those specific things that make it easier or harder for someone to, to become a native plant
2: grower?
1: Uh, probably some of the water, the um, your injection systems, you know, the technology there is pretty, it's grown pretty much. We incorporated it a little bit here at the nursery, but um, also be doing reclaimed water, you know, for uh, different type of irrigation systems like that. Technology is really good. I mean, you can control irrigation systems now, you know, from your smartphone um, to turn it on and off. So you can regulate the water maybe a little bit better. Um, that's probably good. The uh, ability for um, soil suppliers, your, your potting soil to, to mix it to kind of just how you want it. I mean, they can kind of add more, more fertilizer, more, um, uh, make it more alkaline, make it more acidic, you know, make it more sandy. Pretty much just by tweaking the uh, mix a little bit. So, the technology has really helped with that, I think. Um, those are probably the two biggest. Just the, the layout of the nursery, possibly. If, if uh, wholesale, some of the greenhouse technology has gotten really good, you know, like from uh, watering your plants from the bottom. So, it's like a flood system. So, you're not using overhead watering, you're watering from underneath. And I've been even seen that on a large scale with container grown material, too, that they flood the field necessarily so the water comes up from the bottom so you're not watering overhead so you reduce your um, chance of diseases and fungal diseases that can be caused by overhead watering um, so greenhouse technology is, is big you know clap, um, opening up your greenhouse for shade possibly and um, can all be done by you know smartphones pretty much now so i think greenhouses and the soil mix by the two of the biggest
2: It's like you can have your whole life ran by your phone.
1: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So um, you still need to be a good people person, too. I know, so. um, Especially if
2: you're a retail uh, nursery.
1: Retail, yeah. And just, you know, with employees, too, you know, and you have a lot of employees. um, Everybody's got to get along, and you have to have a good mix there, too, so you have to be a good people person that way, but especially with the retail, when you're dealing with what's walk-ins you know the people that like i said they they don't know they see a lot of the common plants that are used in florida like variegated uh tenet or the arboricola sheffalera um figmy date palms you know and a lot of people they see that and they might think it's native but um so we give out a lot of free information um to try to educate the consumer and just by um handouts actual handouts plus just the uh our own verbal education when they come in to the walk in. So yeah, I mean when starting the nursery, now I was just collecting seed. i before I even had the nursery, I was collecting seeds because I knew, I knew I wanted to have a nursery someday. And you can hold you can collect seed and hold it, you know, in the refrigerator or sometimes indefinitely. And um, it's amazing looking at all the different seeds. It's really it was one of the things I really like about the nursery, I guess, too, is, is looking at all the different seeds because they're all so unique and uh, beautiful in their own way. So the seeds and some are tough to germinate, some are um, very easy. So um, just depends on the situation. But
2: it sounds like you had a a pretty set dream of owning your nursery. Did that start when you were when you were in school?
1: I think before as a young young child you know my mother instilled with me a love of plants you know weeding her neighbor's gardens so before herbicides it was all hand weeding everywhere and so I've always a um, interest in plants and um, in horticulture so it just kind of I think yeah in a in a way I wasn't necessarily wanted to be a a grower right away I think I was at first more interested in um, landscape contracting and management because uh, I did a lot of design also and I enjoy building a landscape in a sense but um, but then as time went on i I felt a nursery could would be easier <laughs> than landscaping <laughs> wrong has <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> of it so um, but it's a lot of fun too though and I really enjoy it very very fulfilling seeing things grow is very fulfilling so And
0: there you have Tom Heitzman. You can head over to supernursery.com to learn more about Tom and his nursery. And as always, keep an eye out at thenativeplanthort.org for any upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.